Indeed you are. It is uh, 7.05, time for the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. You know, it's funny, uh, 24 hours ago we were on our affiliate station in Vancouver, and uh, you and I were kind of you know rubbing our hands together going, oh, God, what's going to happen Game 7 with the Raptors? Well, what a damn difference 24 hours can make. I am talking hello. There was no other talk in this city, except for maybe employment law, but everything was all <laughs> Raptors. Pretty incredible, dude. I know you're a massive fan and you go to a lot of games. Huge fan, huge fan. Was was yelling at the TV yesterday. Couldn't uh, <sighs> let my kids sleep, unfortunately, because I was yelling so loud. But everyone I've, I saw today, spoke with many people. First thing, always talked about the Raptors. Great to be a fan of uh, basketball in this city. Very proud of them. And uh, let's continue on uh, on this role. You bet. Lots to get through tonight. We're going to talk about the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. This is the Monday night edition. We do this again, as you know, on Wednesdays. The weekend shows and employment hour and 30 happens on global TV and CTV as well. The phone lines, as I look at them, are wide open and ready for you to call in with your questions and your comments about your job and your severance and your boss, if you are the boss. Any questions you've always had about your job, if you qualify for something, if you got enough severance, if you're qualified for severance, as, as a matter of fact, bring it on, 416-870-6400-640 on cell one triple eight two two five. talk That is toll-free. So having said that, brother, what do you got for the week that was? Well, John, it's uh, it's been a very busy start to this week on Monday. Monday tends to be actually my busiest day in the office because you and I do shows on the on the weekend, yep. both on radio and TV. So a lot of people that hear those shows call me on Monday or email me on Monday. And that's that's wonderful. It makes me very happy to be able to reach so many people and to talk to so many people about workplace rights. But right here on this station's where it all started, and happy to be talking to our listeners about your workplace issues. It would be great if all our jobs all the time were perfect, if there was never any issues, and we simply worked until we were ready to retire. That's not the reality, unfortunately, not always. So if you have a workplace problem, something hasn't gone right, your boss threatened you or put you in a difficult situation, you want to know whether you should respond or how to respond, or you know what happened if your job changed, no need to wonder anymore. We're right here. I'm right here. I'm an employment lawyer. It's what I do. Call us right now. Let's answer those questions. And if you're kind of hesitating about whether you want to get on the air, no problem. You can talk to me privately. We'll give you my contact information several times throughout the show. But week that was, mm-hmm. some th- some uh, stories, a couple stories I, I uh, from incidents that came across my desk over the past few days or so. Uh, first uh, matter I'll tell you about, uh, Johnny, involved a gentleman who had worked for many years, over 20 years as a machine operator in a, in a plant. Uh, recently, as a result of some slowing down uh, of work, the company had to, uh, to uh, reduce the headcount in the department that he was working. Right. So they moved a few people, three, three gentlemen, three guys, to a different department. Not a big deal generally, but in this new department this person would have to lift heavy loads. And he had a back problem, he had a knee problem, he couldn't Mm -hmm. do the job physically. So he did the right thing, even without speaking to me. He got a doctor's note from uh, his doctor saying, I can't do this job physically, I cannot. And what he was hoping would happen is that they put him back in his old department and they would transfer someone else that didn't have the same physical limitations. Quite a reasonable expectation. Well, company said, no, can't do that. Uh, you're, you're the guy, and if you, you can't work, then you have to go off on a medical leave, but you're, you're the guy we're, we're putting this department, and if you really can't work, medical leave, but we're not going to help you out. Uh, he was surprised. He was upset, actually quite emotional, frankly, and he called me, and he wanted to, to understand what are his entitlements here. 
No, John, this gentleman did exactly the right thing. He got a doctor's note making it very clear what his limitations are. Once he did that, his employer was under an obligation to accommodate him, the duty to accommodate. We've talked about it on the show many, many times. The employer had to provide the accommodation. Here, it was very simple. Don't give him the job where he has to lift heavy pounds, heavy, heavy loads. Put him in his old job. There's other people that could be uh, transferred. Very simple solution. For whatever reason, they didn't want to do that. That is not their call, okay? They have to. The law imposes that obligation. So, what does that mean? Human rights violation, right off the bat. If they won't accommodate his medical condition, that's a human rights violation. Uh, And beyond that, the failure to put him in a position that he can actually do is also a constructive dismissal. So this gentleman is owed uh, severance because he was essentially let go. It's a constructive dismissal. He's also owed human rights damages. And, John, it would have been so easy for this company to comply with its legal obligations. So the lesson, very clear, very simple to employees and employers uh, alike. If you're uh, an employee and you have a medical condition, if your employer can accommodate you, it needs to. It must do so. Provide a doctor's note. And if your employer doesn't do it, you reach out to me. The number, uh, 416-870-6400-640 on sale to call in, have your questions or comments answered tonight. What else you got going on? So second story, I was was trying to think of all the things that this employer I'm going to tell you about did wrong, and I think I lost count eventually. So this particular (laughs) situation started with a a lady who was uh, on uh, maternity leave. And uh, just as she was returning back, uh, her company told her that, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to give you your old job back. We've made other arrangements. We have a different job for you. Don't worry. It's it's close enough. You're going to make the same amount of money. Right. Well, what she did is she sent them an email saying, again, this is without talking to me. Uh, no, I don't accept this. I don't agree. And if you don't give me my old job, I'm going to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. Well, what does this company do in response, John, if they if not... You know, if there's no common sense, they fire her. Yep. They fire her. So uh, at that point, she calls me and said, Lior, what just happened? I, I came back from Adley, but I didn't get my old job. I, I said I was going to file a complaint and I get fired. By the way, no severance, nothing. So let, let's kind of break this down. Number one, the company was required to give her her old job back. Okay. They can't decide to keep her replacement. They have to give her her old job yep. back. It's not up to them. Now, she threatening to complain to the Ministry of Labor is her right to do so. And if she gets fired because of that, that's what we call, John, what do we call that? Reprisal. Reprisal. Exactly. It's illegal. You cannot fire someone because they they want to enforce their legal rights or they threaten that they're going to enforce their legal rights. It's a reprisal. It's illegal. And, of course, not paying her severance makes us a wrongful dismissal as well. Wow. So this company did... This is the gamut of wrong that they've done here. And there's going to be some significant consequences here, financial consequences for this company. So lessons here, of course, very simple, very clear. You have to get your job back after maternity leave. You have a right to enforce your legal rights. You cannot be punished for it. And, of course, unless you did something terrible, something horrendous, which this lady, of course, didn't do, you're owed your full severance. Uh, and this company is going to get a very quick uh, lesson in employment law, uh, courtesy of uh, yours truly. You know, I shudder to think how many people listen to this and go, wow, you know what? I've been through that before. I know someone who's been through that. And they took it and they did nothing. That's the shocking part, right? It, it's the shocking part. But what's more shocking is how often that happens. In fact, right. what you just described is much more common 
than the flip side, which is someone actually getting proper advice and enforcing their rights. And because of that, oftentimes employers are able to get away with things that they shouldn't be because individuals either don't know any better, assume they don't have any options, or just don't want to uh, get involved in it and, and you know essentially forego their rights. Well, if you're listening to the show, you know better. Don't forego your rights. Always stand up for them. I can help you do that. You don't believe me? Call us right now. Let's talk about it. You need to reach out as well when we're not on the air anytime. As a matter of fact, the team is ready. one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com. But right now, in the immediate uh, time frame we have for this show tonight, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell one triple eight two two five. talk That is toll-free. Have concerns about your employment or just always wondered something about having a job and severance possibly. Bring it on. Would uh, love to talk to you. The worst times for an employer to terminate employment. What's this all about? <laughs> Well, you know, probably most people would say that the worst time is actually the time when it happened. Oh, it was just the worst time. But but yeah. there are certain times that an employer should not terminate employment. Why? Because if the employer terminates employment during these times that we're going to uh, list, it would actually be an illegal termination and there could be or there could be financial repercussions, uh, significant financial repercussions for the company for doing so. So there are times when irrespective of what's going on, the company should not let you go. And if they do, uh, they could be held to pay. So that's what we're going to be talking about now. Oh, dive right in there. Uh, when an employee asks about taking a disability leave, asks about it, or comes back from a disability leave. So remember the rule, of course. You cannot be let go because of a medical condition, because of yeah. a disability. The Human Rights Code makes that very, very clear. Uh, you have uh, the right to your job. You cannot be p- uh, penalized in any way. And I've seen this happen many times. An employee says to an employer, you know, I have a medical condition. I'm talking to a doctor. I may have to go for surgery and then go on a disability leave. Company turns around and lets the person go. Uh, Illegal. You can't do that. It's clear what's happening here. Company thinks, oh, it's going to be a bit of a pain in the butt to have to uh, worry about them being off. Let's just let them go right now before they go off. Nah, it doesn't work that way. We can see through that human rights violation. Or the, the other side of the, this uh, equation is person comes back from a disability leave and company lets them go. They don't want to deal with finding them a job. They don't want to deal with any accommodation that, uh, that flows from their medical condition. Again, uh, illegal. Can't do that. If you're sick, if you're unable to work, company has to keep your job. You still remain an employee. They have to accommodate you if you have limitations. And if instead you get fired... Wow, there's going to be significant financial repercussions here. The law does not take kindly to that, John. Again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. This is a live call-in show. We have lines open for you, one 225 talk That is toll-free. In the meantime, talking about the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. The next one on our list is when an employee makes inquiries about I mean, overtime pay, vacation pay, etc., right? We touched on that briefly in the week that was. When you're making inquiries about your legal rights or you're trying to pursue your legal rights, whether it's overtime, vacation pay, holiday pay, uh, maternity leave, uh, disability leave, whatever that is, and as a result, you get punished, you get disciplined, you get fired. No, that's what we call a reprisal. A reprisal is a situation where you get punished because you're standing up for your rights. That's illegal. The very basis of our employment law is is that an individual should have the right and the freedom to pursue their rights, to ask questions about their rights, to to file claims about their rights, and they cannot be punished for doing so. So if your company terminates you when you do that, again, we're talking about the worst times to terminate, 
that's definitely one of the worst times. Because if the company does that, that's a reprisal. Not only, of course, would it be a wrongful dismissal, they'll owe your compensation. There could be other damages and penalties imposed uh, here based on our Employment Standards Act and on our Human Rights Code, uh, depending on the situation. Very, very bad idea for a company to do that. Let a person pursue their rights. That's why we have laws in this province. So having that protection of a reprisal looming, they should not feel scared, bashful, or apprehensive to go up and ask their supervisor or boss about things like overtime pay, stuff that's missing on their paycheck, right? Exactly, John. That That is the point. Yeah. The individual should always feel comfortable filing a complaint, asking questions, uh, even challenging their employer if they think that something that the employer did is not is not right or illegal, and they cannot be punished for it. Now, I understand the company may not be happy about it, but... They cannot punish the employee in any way. The employee should always know that, yes, he or she can pursue their rights, ask questions without the fear of penalty. Let's take a short pause, and we'll, uh, we'll be back with more of this one. The worst times for an employer to terminate employment and your phone calls as well. It's time for you to come on in and join the show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And if you prefer, one 225 talk That is toll-free. It's the Employment Hour, Monday night edition right here on Global News Radio. Dan, how are you, pal? I'm doing pretty good. How are you tonight? We are great. Uh, what is going on in your world? Uh, what's, uh, what are you calling for? Well, you know what? My wife is coming home from work, and she's always bringing stress home because she's so upset from work right now. Um, So she works in a company, and she works in one of the offices, and basically the manager of her department in the office where she works. um, And so basically what happened is my wife kind of took over that role of manager, um, but what's happening is they are not promoting her to manager. They didn't give her the manager's mm. job. She just kind of took over all the workload and is just chugging along. And yeah. um, whenever she brings it up, you know, the other supervisors or the general manager, yeah, 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 we'll get to it. There's an excuse. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's been going on now for like a year. And, and they've been stringing her along for that year, right? Yeah. And is it a situation, Dan, where, where she just doesn't want to do this role anymore, or she'd be okay doing the role if it came with the title and the compensation? Exactly. Like, she's doing the role, but she hasn't gotten, you know, she's still getting the same wage she made when she was just working in the office. So I, I think it's absolutely appropriate, Dan, for her to craft an email, but I would want to see this this email, by the way, and I say email because yeah. it needs to be in writing. Uh, to say something to the effect of, uh, you know, I took this role under the understanding that that uh, I'm going to be properly promoted with compensation. You've told me that's the case. Uh, I've been waiting and I've been talking for this, t- this point. So if we're not going to do that, I, I don't want to do this role. I want to go back to my old role. And at that point, they'll have to make a choice. They'll either give her the, the compensation and the title or if they say no and they don't put her in the old role, she may be able to treat this as a constructive dismissal. Uh, and, and leave potentially with compensation, with severance. So that's something she has the option, but she needs to put that in writing and specifically refer to the reason why it's been a year that she's been doing this is because she's been waiting for them. They've been stringing her along. They've been telling her that it's going to get resolved. Uh, so as long as she crafts something like this, she's going to kind of box them in, put them in a, or corner them, so to speak, and they'll have to do something about it. If she just continues like this, nothing's going to change then. Oh, Dan, we lost Dan. Dan we went somewhere, Dan. but Dan, here you go to reach out. Uh, very simple. 
after your wife has that email crafted up and want to carry on. one 821 5900 is the number. Again, Dan, one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com to reach out. That is where you want to go. Your calls as well. Bring them on, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell and one 225 talk that is toll free. Back to what we were talking about. That is the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. Here's another one as well. If the employee is working on a fixed term agreement that has not ended, not a good time. Not a good time. And the reason it's not a good time, before I even say that, what do I mean by that? So let's say you, you have a contract for two years, just as an example, and yep. it's been a year into the contract. What if happens if the company wants to terminate you? Well, they can, right? They would not be illegal but they would have to pay you the difference, the balance of the contract. So when I say it's not a good time, I mean it's gonna cost the company a lot of money. I've seen contracts that are that were scheduled to last a few years, and the company terminated them. You know, years before they were supposed to, and then they realize, holy cow, we have to pay them another two, three years pay. So remember the rule: if you're on a fixed-term contract, a contract with a definite end date and the company lets you go, in most of those cases, they have to pay you the balance. They have to pay you the difference. And if they don't, again, that's a wrongful dismissal. And for some companies, if they're not careful, that could cost them a lot of money. It could be tens, even hundreds of thousands of dollars. So yeah, it may not be the best time to terminate someone. I remember that uh, you told that story about what four or five years ago, and there was somebody who had, I think it was a two or three year contract, like fiduciary, like big salary. And what, a couple months in, they canned them and they were in the hole for like two, three hundred K. It was like, yeah, hello. Absolutely. And, and, uh, Initially, this gentleman tried to resolve the matter kind of without my help and said, well, I've spoken with Mm -hmm. a lawyer and he said that you owe me the difference in the contract. I swear to God, John, they laughed in his face. Uh, They said, what are you talking about? You've been there a couple months. We'll give you a week's pay. Get out of here. So then I said, okay, I got involved. And guess what? Yeah, they had to pay him the difference because, again, I don't make this stuff up. That's the law. When it comes to a fixed-term contract, you have to pay the balance if you let someone go before the end of that contract. 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the way to go to call into this show. Dean, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Not too bad. Yourself, guys? Good, pal. What's uh, what's going on in your world? Talk to me. Uh, I was just curious about uh, the previous caller with his wife working at that company for a year. And mm-hmm. he, she did the letters like what you described, and it was going to go into the result of a constructive dismissal. And the company wanted to do it legally. Like, she just drew the line and said, nope, you either do this job, we're not going to give you the raise. And obviously, she's upset about that. So, and it deemed it to be a constructive dismissal. How does she move forward? Does she keep working? Or does she just walk out the door and say, I'm going to have you talk to my lawyer? Like, how do you actually go move forward with the constructive dismissal? Right. No, it's a great question. So a constructive dismissal happens, as I said, when there's a significant change to the terms of employment or when a work situation has been created that makes it very difficult or impossible to continue working. So in this situation, if she, okay, the company wasn't going to be helpful and she decided to treat this as a constructive dismissal, yes, she would have to leave. She would prepare a, a, a letter of resignation saying that she's resigning not because she wants to go spend more time with her family, she's resigning because of the fact that uh, she can't continue doing this job. And then, yes, we would pursue this legally. In most cases, I would start off by sending uh, the company what I call a demand letter, which would outline why this is a constructive dismissal and what they owe her. In most cases, we can resolve it that way fairly quickly. In some cases, if we can't, we may have to take legal action. 
but as a from a kind of high level standpoint that's the process but yes the person does have to leave i do always say though to anyone that thinks that they may be in a constructive dismissal situation please 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 before you leave before you walk out the door talk to me before not after Right, just so you can get the proper directions of when you got it. what they should do for letter of resignation and that sort of thing. Exactly. You have to do it properly because if you don't, you may find yourself to actually have resigned without it being a constructive dismissal. Okay. That's what I was saying. You talked about it a lot. I listen to the show all the time and I always thought, like, how do you proceed with this? I've never been in that situation, fortunately, mm-hmm. but I have had friends and they ask for advice. I always say call you, but, <laughs> you know, there's still a... Uh, you know, there's things that would give us a question for me to try and understand how they proceed moving forward with the constructive dismissal. Absolutely. So, so that's how. Yeah, that was good. Uh, thanks for answering my question, guys. You have a great show. Thank Dean, you. appreciate listening uh, all the time and uh, pass that information on. Uh, if you need to uh, reach out, one 821 5900 is the way. Moving on to uh, Muhammad. Hey, Muhammad. good evening. Hey, how are you? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's up with you? I just want to know when my uh, seven is calculated from. Um, I applied for a job from them, and five or six months later, they approached me and um, asked me to join, come for an interview, and they hired me. Hmm. If I get fired, uh, is my seven calculated from my previous job or just the current, uh, current time? A great question, Mohammed. And, and based on what you've described, your severance will be calculated on the basis of your new job only. And here's why. Mainly it's because you applied there for a job. I know that it was a few months ago, but you applied for a job. Usually, in the cases where you don't apply for a job, but the new company comes and, and recruits you, maybe through a headhunter or maybe through uh, uh, some other network, and they recruit you and they convince you to leave, and then they let you go, you can get credit for your past service with the, with the first company. But in situations where you apply for a job and you go for an interview and that you get hired, that wouldn't usually apply. So if you are let go, it's going to only be for the time with the new company. couple points I want to make, though, Mohammed. Number one, if you're going to accept this job with the new company, be very careful with your employment agreement. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that there's nothing in this employment agreement that limits your future severance. If you're not sure what it means or, or, or if it does that, send it to me. Let's talk about it. Let me review it. And the second point and the, and the last point I'll make is that, remember, even short service employees, even employees that have worked for a few months, generally have significant severance entitlements. You could be owed several months' pay even if you've only worked several months. So if you do lose your job for whatever reason with a new company, call me, but definitely have me take a look at your employment agreement. I, um, even if a recruiter contact me, and I accept the job after that. It's still uh, my previous company experience count. If if they recruit you, if you're not looking to leave, if they recruit you, they come to you. You're not going after them, and they convince you. They make you nice promises about how great a job will be, and they convince you to leave. Then yes, you may get credit at that point for past service, but only in that situation, Muhammad. Yeah, but if they came through uh, like a headhunter, it still counts, right? Yes, but in your situation, you said that you applied there for a job, so it probably would not count. Okay, yeah. No, I just want to clarify, because I right. think a lot of a headhunter contact. Yes, like, yes. If you're approached by a headhunter, yeah, that, that would count. But again, you always want to be very careful with the employment agreement that you may sign. Perfect. Okay. All right. Thanks. 
Thanks, Mohammed. Appreciate the call. And again, uh, look at it. Haven't looked at it as well. one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior and the team. Help at employmenthour.com is the uh, email address as well. Still have plenty of time for you and your calls. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. In the meantime, talking about the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. This one next up in the list. This one's a beauty. Could be the big one on the list as well. When an employee announces pregnancy or comes back from a mat or paternity leave or parental leave. Don't mess yeah. with mama. And, and we're in 2019, and the fact that we need to actually <laughs> say that is still shocking. And the reason why I still say it is right. because I see these situations all the time. I and and I always, <laughs> you know, my mind just gets blown when that happens because I think people know that. You don't fire someone when they're going on a parental leave, a maternity leave. You don't let them go when they come back from it. You don't let them go because they tell you they're going to be gone for 12 or 14 or 18 months. You don't do it. You can't do it. That's illegal. Okay? And there's no, uh, there's really no leeway here. Okay? There's no gray areas. Black and white. You can't do that. So, if the company does do that, they're going to find themselves uh, in a wrongful dismissal situation, breaches of the Employment Standards Act, breaches, breaches of the Human Rights Code, potentially other things as well. So a big no-no, a big problem for an employer to do that. And I still speak every week with people that find themselves in that situation. So yeah, if your employer lets you go for any reason whatsoever associated to a parental leave or maternity leave, that yeah. is illegal. That is one of, if not the worst possible times for employment to be terminated. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cells. We're just getting lined up some more calls here. Apparently, Tony didn't want to go in air, but was wondering, uh, as he's working for a trucking company as a subcontractor, he wants to know if he's owed vacation. What do you think? So here's the thing, Tony. Uh, it's actually a bit more interesting question than just that because it's not a question of whether you're working as a subcontractor. It's a question of whether you are really a subcontractor mm-hmm. in the eyes of the law. If you truly are a subcontractor, no, you're not. You don't get vacation pay because you're not an employee. But guess what? And I, I've spoken literally with hundreds of uh, hundreds of truckers. They're almost always in the eyes of the law should be considered employees because you probably work for one company, you take directions from that company, you go where they tell you, etc. So you're probably an employee. Most truckers are. So for, you are owed vacation pay. The reality, though, is for you to get that, you would have to be declared an employee. To do that, you'd have to either take legal action or go to the Ministry of Labor and, and, and have yourself be declared as an employee. If you don't want to no. do that, then unfortunately, you're not going to get that compensation. But John, with truckers, it's very, very common. Uh, I, God, I, I can't even tell you how rampant that issue is with truckers where yeah. they're misclassified as contractors when really they are employees. They couldn't be more employees if they tried. Uh, and in many cases, they don't want to rock the boat, but that's what the law is. The law says you probably are an employee if you have a regular job. And, and we've talked to these guys, and a lot of these guys are doing that job for the same company as a quote-unquote contractor 25, exactly. 35 years, and they still think they're contractors, and man, they are not, right? They're not. They're not. And, and yeah. this happens in many industries, but trucking, for some reason, probably one of the worst mm-hmm. for that. There's probably truckers right now on the road hearing us on their radio thinking, wait a second, that's me. Uh, I, I think I'm a contractor. <sighs> yeah. No, no, you're, you're not. Very likely not. You're not sure if you are. If you're not sure what it means, by all means, reach out to me, call me. Email me. Happy to talk to you. Back to the phones we go. Abdul, thank you for uh, hanging on the line. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm good, sir. How are you? We're great. Uh, what's on your mind? Uh, 
I think I just listened to the last bit about the contractors uh, mm -hmm. situation. So I've worked for the company for a number of years, and it, I have an owner-operator contract with them. However, uh, I decided to leave the company once we get paid a flat daily rate of about two hundred fifty dollars uh, or whatever it is, and there's no taxes added. Now we're delivery drivers, and we're not getting the taxes for it. Apparently, we're zero rated. Also, I don't uh, have a choice over the time that I start or the delivery in the order of the deliveries that I make, and I have to wear their uniform and put decals on my truck too. <laughs> You're an Am employee, my friend. Own operator? Uh, no, you, 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 in the eyes of the law, you would very, very likely be considered an employee. Okay, you would be, and and this is not unique to you. It's a, it's a common situation. That's a common misclassification. So you are likely an employee, which means you do have entitlements. You, you for the time that you work there, you may have been owed. Uh, vacation pay or holiday pay. Hmm. You could have been owed uh, minimum wage. Uh, it could be other things that you owed. If that's something you want to pursue for that, for that, and, and only for that, the best place to go is the Ministry of Labor. You can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor saying, I've been misclassified because of that. I'm owed vacation pay, etc. for the period that I've worked there. You could potentially go back two years. Uh, and yeah. if they agree, which they very likely will, then they're going to get your employer to, to pay you. Uh, it, it, it does not sound, Abdul, that you were truly an owner-operator or an independent contractor. It does sound, based on what you described, that you were an employee. So, uh, should you report a company like that to the uh, government? Because as of today, they have over 100 owner-operators still operating under the same contract. Well, I mean, should you? That, that, that's up to you. I mean, you can, and, and it's absolutely allowed and, and legal to report them. And if and here's the thing. If they're not doing anything wrong, then the government's going to go take a look and say, no, all's kosher here. But no, no, no. Yeah. That's not the case, very likely. And if they are doing something illegal, then they should be called on it, right? It's We have laws for a reason. So, yeah, I have no problem if you decide to, to, get, uh, to get the government involved so that they can determine that these people yeah. really are employees, or if they're not, then there's no issue. And should they have paid my uh, the uh, HST over the services deliveries that I provide for them mm. for over two years? That's a that's an interesting tax issue. I, I don't see yeah. why you would not get HST. I don't see why you'd be exempt from it. Uh, you may want to talk to an accountant on that, but off the top of my head, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be owed that, no. Abdul, appreciate the call. You want to carry on further anytime once you've uh, done what you're going to do, no problem. Call us back here sometime in the show when you uh, resolve it or get to the next step. In the meantime, one 821 5900 is that number to reach out to Lior and the firm. Help at employmenthour.com is the email address as well. We are talking about the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. There's, uh, there's a few. The next one here is when an employee raises harassment allegations against a boss or even a co-worker for that matter. Yeah, and this does tie in to reprisal, or but yep. it's actually a much more specific form of reprisal. Uh, so workplace harassment is a big issue. It's always been a big issue, but certainly in the past few years has been identified and our laws have adapt, adapted to recognize that that is something that happens quite often. And when it comes to workplace harassment, employers have specific obligations. They have to uh, investigate uh, or investigate allegations made by individuals with respect to workplace harassment and take measures to fix it. And what they cannot do, it's completely illegal, is let someone go fire them or punish them 
in any way because they raised harassment obligations or harassment allegations, even even if it turns out that the allegations could not be corroborated, you cannot be penalized for that. Because workplace harassment is such a serious issue, people should always feel comfortable to raise that, to address those concerns, to have those concerns investigated and, 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 and fixed. So if your employer decides, no, no, we're, we don't care about those things, you, then you get fired because you raised those harassment allegations, that is a huge no-no. It's illegal. That cannot happen. So definitely, definitely uh, a big uh, red flag. An employer should not do that. One of the worst times to let someone go, one of the worst, is when they've raised harassment allegations. Instead, the employer should investigate those allegations. Honestly, sometimes that may mean bringing someone from outside to investigate. Uh, the employer should take it seriously. And if it's determined that there was harassment, the employer should do whatever it can to make sure that that problem gets fixed so that it doesn't happen again. Working our way down this very important list of the worst times for an employer to terminate employment, this one's uh, this one's where we get into the slimy part of it, and that is right before an employee is due, oh, look, a large bonus or a commission payment, out you go. Yes, nice. and a lot of employers think that, hey, we, we know how to kind of cheat the system. Uh, we were going to pay someone a nice $30,000 bonus, but we were only going to pay it on June 1st, so I know what to do. Let's let them go in May, and by doing that, we can avoid paying the bonus. Well... Two things. Number one, it doesn't work. You're still going to have to pay the bonus if the bonus is earned, so that doesn't work. But beyond that, and the reason why I say it's one of the worst times is just by trying to do that and trying to get away with it, you could be penalized because you're acting in bad faith. There could be other damages or punitive Mm -hmm. damages you're going to have to pay because clearly you're trying to – I I was going to use a harsh word, but you're trying to manipulate the situation so as not to have to pay someone money that's owed to them. That is a big no-no. It's something an employer should not do. Uh, again, and if they do that, they'll find themselves having to pay the employee a lot more than they were uh, trying to actually avoid paying. This would be a common thing for someone in the sales side of things. Yes. So if they're saying, you know, the commissions hasn't been paid to anybody yet, but my part of the sale is done, they should still get their commissions, right? Because my job's done. I'm just waiting for the money to come through. Exactly. They should get it. Now, sometimes yeah. they may mean you won't actually get it until the, the, the money's come in, the, the, until, until the sale is done. But yes, if you've done your job, if your part in the role is, is completed, you should get paid commission. Even if it happens that you're, you're no longer there by the time the money actually comes in, you should still get that paid. Move over to the phones. Uh, we'll get Rick inside here in the last couple of minutes. Hey, Rick, what's going on? Uh, hi. I, I'm actually calling about doctor's notes in regards That's to... That's cool. Let's, let's say... Um, uh, I go to the doctor saying that, you know, like I have a lot of anxiety and stress because of work and maybe I have some health issues that I'm concerned about and, and I can't really focus on work. And so I get a doctor's note that says, hey, he's got to stay home for four weeks and I'm monitoring his health. And if I hand in that note, uh, can I just then stay home like the next day or or do I have to go through, like, can they deny me pay or anything of that sort? or You know what I mean? So, very good question, but there's really two questions that you're asking. First is, can you take that leave uh, if, if the doctor says you need to? See, the answer to that is absolutely yes. If the doctor agrees that you should be off work for medical reasons, and by the way, it doesn't matter if it's because of stress or it's because it's a bad back. As long as medically you cannot work and the doctor says that, the company has to allow you the time off, whether it's a day, a week, a month, a year, or longer. So, that's one. Second okay. thing you ask is, do they have to pay you? And the answer is no. The company doesn't pay you while you're off on a medical leave unless, of course, there's a sick day policy. Some companies have two, five, 10, 26 days. 
or they may have a disability plan through uh, through your yeah. benefits plan, short-term right. disability or long-term disability. If they have that, you can apply for short-term disability, and if you qualify as you should, mm-hmm. you get paid. But the company so, doesn't actually have to pay your salary unless it's, you're using up uh, uh, sick mm-hmm. days that they have. But if you're going to be off for four weeks, the only money you would get is through an insurance policy like the disability right. plan, or you could potentially apply for employment insurance benefits. Uh, they call those employment insurance sick benefits. You can apply for those as well. Now, I contributed to disability, right? So yep. they should be they should be allowing me to apply for the disability leave, right? Yeah, yeah, and you don't need their permission, right? You can you you can simply <clears throat> apply, and right. yes, you should qualify. And because you you've paid into it, that money usually becomes tax free that the the insurance company pays you. Now, I have to fill out any forms that they request me to do so, right? Of course. Because of that? Yes. Okay. okay. And your doctor may have to help you with that, yes. Fair enough. Okay. Thanks, Rick. Rick, appreciate uh, your contribution to the show tonight. That'll pretty much uh, do it for us. Any questions about what we talked about, it's easy, super easy to follow up. The email is simply help at employmenthour.com. You want to call Lior, the rest of the team, no problem, 1-855-821-5900. And always, before you sign any severance offer, even before you pass it over to Lior, make sure you go to severancepaycalculator.com. Over 750,000 people have used that severancepaycalculator.com. Back in here Wednesday night at this time, and of course the weekend shows, and you will catch Employment Hour in 30 on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour. Stick around on point with the most excellent Alex Pearson is on the way next.